Welcome to The Real Deal, the podcast where we have honest conversations about leadership, mindset, and real estate with first gens. I'm your host, Wendy Acosta, and I'm a first gen myself. In this podcast, I'll share with you my journey, my challenges, my successes, and my failures. I'll also interview other first gens who are making an impact in the leadership and real estate industry and beyond. Whether you're a first gen or not, you'll find valuable insights, tips, and inspiration in this podcast. So sit back and enjoy the real deal. Welcome everyone to another episode on the podcast. I am so happy that you guys are joining me today because I have an awesome, awesome guest today. I'm so excited to be uh, talking with her. Um, We met at Mujeron Movement, the conference back in October that was hosted by, by Sonia Alejandra Saunders. And I was so happy that I was able to cross path with this amazing lady. She holds an MBA and is a certified personal financial instructor. Been 10 years of experience in various fields such as business administration, coaching, leadership development, marketing, sales, and revenue management. I'm so excited to welcome you, Lucy King. How are you doing? Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Wendy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you and your audience. And of course, just dive into all things finances, financial healing, and genetic building. Yes. So please elaborate a little bit of who you are, Lucy. Let us know and let the audience know a little bit more about you. Yeah, so as you mentioned, my name is Lucy King. I am a Latina wealth coach, a speaker, and author. And I am on a mission to decolonize wealth. And I use the word decolonize because as Latinas and women of color, we carry so much cultural baggage when it comes to money. So we have the tendency to run away from money and wealth and richness because we have been conditioned to work hard for money. We have been conditioned to always give right like let's let's give others or we also have the identity of if i have wealth i'm taking from others which is i know an identity that i had and so it's time for us to really reclaim financial equity uh, in communities of color and so i'm here just to share my journey on how i'm doing things how i'm building wealth and of course also um, you know be in this space with you with all mujer who's also passionate about doing the same Yes, I love that. I'm so interested because another one of my biggest passions is talking about finances. A lot of us don't talk about finances in our culture, right? This is all new to me. And let's dig into today's topic, which is financial healing. And I couldn't be talking to anyone better than about this topic than you, Lucy. Let's talk about what is financial healing. Yeah, thank you for that question. Mm-hmm. So financial healing is really diving into understanding the emotions that come when you are ready to start your generational wealth building or also tapping into those emotions that prevent you from looking at your finances, right? Because sometimes we we believe that it's normal for us to be money avoidant. We believe that it's normal for us to struggle financially. Like we have adopted this identity of it's always been done this way. So I, there, I don't know any other way. And especially when it comes to financial healing, a lot of us working professionals don't understand that 
Workaholism is actually one of the money disorders that we have to address. So understanding your emotions, the feelings that come, and also within financial healing, understand that we are carrying so much multi-generational money trauma. It's so important to really release all of these things that come with with us wanting to have a better life. Yeah, so true. I think a lot of us carry this just being brought up with the beliefs around money and sometimes, again, not talking about this specific topic often. So as we are um, discovering our profession, our roles into adulthood, sometimes we just believe that working and the more we work, the more money we're going to have and like the whole cycle continues of being stuck and maybe in that rat race of, you know, identifying our roles and our worth behind how much money we have. So um, how do we identify or discover our own financial wounds? How do we know if we even have them? What are some signs that we may? Yeah, so it, this is really much a personal journey and it might look different for you than in my love for me. So let me let me give you a couple examples. Um, I didn't know I have money trauma until 2018 um, when I was told that my pregnancy had become a problem for the company. Like I was verbally told those words by my supervisor at the time. And those words is actually what brought up my money trauma. I've always had it, but I always thought it was normal. And so for me, it was my body reacting to a phrase because my whole life I was witnessing like financial abuse within my household, verbal, physical. And I've also realized that I was holding a lot of that trauma and I didn't want to release it. For some people, financial trauma might look like having piles and piles of money, even though there are professional women literally within in their closet. Like I help clients that have money in their closet. So the the hoarding of money is also a sign that you need help with your financial trauma. Sometimes it's also those mujeres that are the house managers. They're the ones that manage all of the money in the household. Maybe they're the high earners between them and their partner and they're not allowing their partner to be in a partnership. So they're like, Hey, because they don't want to go back to quote unquote, like struggling. Right. So growing up, they were struggling. Now they have become the house managers and say, Hey, we need a budget. This is what we need to do. This is how much money you're going to spend, but they're not allowing their partner to be in that partnership because generational wealth building, especially if you're married, is a partnership, right? Another way to identify if you have it is that you run away from wealth. So this is what I call a wealth avoidance. So this person that says, I want to, I want to better myself. I want more money. I want more freedom. But then she's afraid of seeing as money hungry. So she's like, no, I'm going to give my money away. If someone comes and needs money, I'm going to give it to them. So you are being essentially a financial enabler and you're just solving the problems of your family members, like you think that you're solving the problems, but you really are just enabling and financial trauma can also show us a way when people want to negotiate their salary, for example, in a corporate setting, mm-hmm. and they don't do it because they're afraid of conflict. They're, they're afraid of, oh my God, if I walk into an office and I ask for my salary, I'm not going to get it or 
the identity of like, I need to go back to school to earn a master's so I can get paid more. So those are just some signs of how people can discover their own financial wounds. Yeah, wow. That is a great way to break it down to be able to see which one of those we may be fitting into to identify if we do carry some sort of financial trauma with us. Um, can you give us some steps, give us some steps or tools that you would recommend um, for any one of us who may be looking to heal our relationship with money? Yeah, this is this is one of my my favorite parts to, to talk about because I also want to say that sometimes when we hear the words like financial healing or financial trauma, Sometimes our brain automatically goes to this identity of like, I must be broke or I'm broke. Something's wrong with me, right? And I just want to say the best way to start is by giving yourself a lot of compassion. If you, if you have financial trauma or if you have money wounds, it's really not your fault. You know, our, our money mindset and our money wounds is developed by our environment. So if you grew up in an environment where money stress was something that would quote look normal that's why you are acting like that right if you grew up in a household where your parents were always like penny pinching everything this is why you overspend now because you're trying to compensate so understanding that giving yourself grace is the first step and then the next step is really diving into your relationship with money like before you were seven years old because that's when our money mindset was developed so all of us that are here making like these audacious money moves we dive into that money mindset and the financial healing of okay let's dive into what happened to what happened to me what happened to my family what was going on in our environment at that time right some of our parents are immigrants some of our parents come from countries where money and capitalism or corruption was really high. So what historical events really happened when I was growing up that let my parents react to that circumstances and then make me believe that I have to be careful with my money. That make me believe that I should be saving, saving, savings, right? Because a lot of a lot of the people that that I coach they have the identity of becoming like super savers, but then it's like, okay, saving is a great skill to have, but after you graduate from that, like what is next, right? So understanding, let me just repeat, like giving yourself grace, understanding your your money story, like what happened around you before you were seven, and also diving into creating this vision for you. If you want to have a beautiful home or a multi-unit home or multi-unit apartment, you want to have multiple investment accounts if you want to travel the world like what does that look like for you right who do you need to become and so really diving into the identity of what i call the wealthy mujer is so important because a lot of the people that i coach and that i help they're so caught up in the in the now right like i have credit card debt i have a student loan debt i'm underpaid i'm overworked i have the kids and so because of that they are they let their scarcity circumstances hold them from thinking bigger and so create the vision of where you want to go because it will happen for you yeah and i think with us being first generations most of us being first generation wealth builders we feel some sort of guilt for being the first ones almost it's like a load that we carry on our shoulders what are some tips or advice for 
any one of us who are in entrepreneurship or who just want more to want that beautiful house, but then again, attach it to some sort of guilt for being the first one, right? So how do we go through those emotions and navigate this path as being the first generation wealth builders? Because we're doing it. A lot of us are just ambitious and we are taking initiative or taking action what advice would you give us lucy this is such a great question and i'm getting goosebumps as you're saying this because i'm like yeah this is happening but what i recommend is that we dive so deep into the guilt right like the first gen guilt is real And one of the things that is so hard to understand, but that we really need to understand is that we will always outgrow our family. Yeah. And that feeling is so scary because our family works so hard to get us here, right? And I used to feel that. I used to feel like, oh my God, like I'm doing a disservice for wanting more, right? Because mom did so much for me. But at some point I had to understand that I am ambitious and just reclaiming that like, yes, I am ambitious. I want to have more money. I want to have more freedom. I want to have more purpose. Start there. And also at some point, we also need to understand that we did not ask our parents to sacrifice anything. Yeah. And it sounds kind of harsh, but it's true. You know, when we were little, li- little children, little nenas, we didn't ask our parents like, hey, leave your, your home country and go to another so you can give me a better life, right? Like they made the choice and what a better gift to honor their sacrifice by you building a legacy, building generational wealth, like becoming a business that is going to create jobs and give back to our community. Because when Latinas have money, nothing wrong can happen. We will always be pulling each other up. We will always be supporting each other. So feel the guilt, but also understand that you really don't owe anything to your parents, as harsh as it sounds, but it's true. Yeah, I love what you just said. Honor their hard efforts and step into that identity, that future successful version of yourself, right? To be able to go towards your goals and then you're going to be able to like give back to the people that you love the most. So that is, yeah, and I think a lot of that just, it takes inner work first that has to be done a lot of mindset work along the way and then finding the community that will be there to support you and who wants to see you win absolutely absolutely yes um share with us um some of the benefits and outcomes that you have seen with a few of your clients that you work with and just through their journeys just the changes in their um just their evolution through this whole um, healing process and financial healing. Oh my God, how much time do we have? <laughs> what has been one that has impacted you the most? You know, one of one that I can think of right now that comes to mind is when I was helping a single mom who was, um, she has two children and she's a professional, but she had a lot of money wounds that, that were developed when she was younger. And so this led her to have a lot of um, lack of self-worth. Like she didn't see herself as someone who could create wealth. She she was also compensating by overspending and being in money avoidance. So she was always like making like really good money, 
was like I have to spend I have to overcompensate for the for the love that wasn't given to me and so we worked through some financial healing um, steps and by the time she left um, working with me she had multiple investment accounts she had negotiated her salary she had increased her self-worth and she wasn't attaching the self-worth to even a number like she understood very clearly that her self-work and self-love doesn't come from anybody else but her and so watching this client go from the denial of her finances the lack of self-worth to becoming in multiple accounts and maxing them out too like investor and i mean her whole appearance just changed she was she's beautiful but she was also like showing that like being okay showing the world that she was beautiful and i was just drooling over that client as <laughs> we did that in six months and i was like oh, oh like look at you right and and I still like after my clients leave me, I still like, you know, send them an email here and there like, hey, how's it going? How are you? And she's just, keep, you know, she's keeping, keeping on going. She keeps going. And I also want to say that, I mean, for me to watch that, I want to say blossom of people just, they really uh, fulfills my purpose and the mission that I have with Say Hola Well. Oh, wow. That's incredible. That's a beautiful story. And I'm sure you're going to keep impacting out many more women who just need all the coaching and all the guidance to be able to heal their money traumas. I'm just going to ask you, because you are very passionate about having multiple streams of income. Yes. And I, that's something that I truly believe in myself as well. So tell us why, why you think that is so important for everyone in our audience listening today to know that there is, um, more out there that we can't rely solely on just one anymore right we it's always good to have more than just one and why do you think that's so important so having multiple incomes is so important and essential because that's how people build wealth first of all um, a single income will get you far but it won't get you to the end goal which is financial freedom yeah the other thing is when you have multiple investment or excuse me, multiple income streams, you become the leader of your money and no one can take that from you. If the economy is declining and there is layoffs and maybe your employer decides to like cut jobs or move to another uh, state or country, that stock does not, is not going to face you because you will have multiple income streams. So the visual that I'd like to, to give your audience is think of it as a table. You can have a table with one leg, which is one income stream. And when that income is cut, you got no table, right? But if you have a table that has four, six, eight, 12 legs, yeah. if one income is taken from you, because life will get lifey, it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be financially stressed. Why? Because you have all the other legs, which is other income streams that will be supported by your journey. Mm -hmm. And I also want to add that sometimes when we talk about multiple income streams, people have this identity of I need to hustle. I need to overwork. I need to, you know, sleep two hours. I need to do all of these. And in reality, it's like you don't need to do that. What you need to do is look at the gifts that you already have and then ask yourself how can i create another opportunity within the skills that i already have 
because we don't need to reinvent the wheel. We don't all mm -hmm. know. Some people say like launch a course or mm -hmm. do a workbook or do Amazon or do all of these things. And it's like, mm -hmm. don't need to do that. And I think for us as first gen Latinas, that's another thing that we need to also embody that we are gifted. We are so gifted. We're so resourceful and we will be able to create multiple income streams with the gifts that we already have. Yes. I love that. I, I agree with you 100%. Having multiple streams of income, I think is so important with everything that you just said, giving someone confidence as well. And even speaking up at their job that they currently hold, it can make them just be able to like step into their confidence and be able to have multiple streams of income to look into other creative ways to start a side business or whatever else they may be passionate about um, doing and growing their skills in that sort of way where they can start their their side business um, with confidence yeah. and not having to rely on like where the money is going to come from because you're well-rounded and suitable with multiple streams of income instead of just one single stream of income. I learned that myself and during the year of COVID, I knew right away, I was like, this is not a way. I have to figure out another way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I also want to add that sometimes we think about like launching a side business. Like you said, we think about mm -hmm. like, oh, I have to launch um, an LLC, which you should because of the benefits of you being able to legally hire your children if you have them, the benefits yes. being able to send your kids to college like debt free, the benefits yes. in investment accounts for them, the benefits of buying them property, like doing all these things, right? Yeah. And I also want to add that if you feel called to like create your LLC, do it. But I also want you to know that I met like white men that have seen <laughs> 16 LLCs. And when I've learned this for the first time, I was shocked and I was like, wow. And here I am worried about one LLC, like you know, in 20, 2023, I want to have three. In 2026, I want to have more, right? Yes. Knowing that you can also have, just how you can have multiple income streams, you can also have LLCs. And of course, working with, you know, like a tax professional that can help you leverage the tax benefits of that. That's yeah. retail generational well. Oh, yeah. And that would be like a whole different topic. I know we can talk about <laughs> that specific topic for for another time, because that's something that's so important as well, like understanding people who want to start their LLCs. Lucy, tell us, what do you like to personally invest in right now? So right now, I'm actually doing a little bit of everything because I do that. I love diversification, but my two main things that I invest in is the stock market, of course, and full investment accounts that I'm that I'm able to max every year. And then I'm also into real estate. So I do have a couple of properties, a couple of towns, and then I also have a commercial property. Mm -hmm. And so those are like my bigger ones. But in 2023, I was able to become an angel investor of Latina owned businesses. So I also like doing that right now because I have 100% clarity that my money can create jobs and I want to give back to our community. And that's how I do it by investing in Latina owned businesses through angel investing. Oh, that's so amazing. That's so amazing. That is just the type of person speaks volumes of who you are, Lucy. 
That's amazing. Um, so tell us, how do we get to know more about um, what you do and how do we work with you if we're interested in finding more about how we can work with you, Lucy? Yeah, so people can find me in pretty much all of the platforms under Say Hola Wealth. I also have a podcast, Say Hola Wealth Podcast, where I talk about financial healing, entrepreneurship, and of course, investing. And I also have guests that come to the podcast. And the offers that I have right now is either private coaching. I also do an offer called Hefas and Wealth, where I help clients launch their business idea, monetize it. And I also have the Say Hola Wealth Academy. This is for the beginner mujer that wants to dive really into the money mindset, financial healing. And for someone who doesn't have a fully funded peace of mind, that's where she will start. Uh, it is a group coaching. Uh, we're very supportive of everyone that comes through that coaching container. We're very much of the, one of my pillars is, and my core values is that we all can build wealth. And so I use the phrase, like we build wealth juntas because I do believe in that 100%. And so the chicas that are part of this community, they're all about community over competition. And I have seen amazing results there. Um, the average savings for our clients through the coaching container in six months, it's over 10,000. Um, the average pay up day in six months is like 11K. And then also some of the girls are able to invest also like five years within six months. So it's it's all what I have to offer. And I also offer speaking engagements if, if there's a a mujer who's listening and maybe she has a corporation or works in a corporate space, I also offer speaking engagements. Oh, that's wonderful. You're doing a lot. You're a busy girl. And I, like I said, I'm just so glad that we crossed paths in Mujeron. Much. I want to thank you for your time and for your generosity to share about financial healing. Again, I think it's just a topic that I want to continue to like keep bringing you back so that we can keep elaborating and sharing even more information with our audience listeners. Um, is there anything else you want to share with us, Lucy? Anything else um, before we finalize the call? I just want to share, uh, thank you, first of all, for having me on your podcast. Thank you for, for allowing me to be here with your audience. And what I want to share is that reclaiming your financial power is also a social justice issue. So if you care about that, you should care for your money first because yes. money has power and money, of course, is very much political. But when you have the, the money and you have the intentionality of giving back and serve, mm -hmm. your money becomes this amazing, amazing, abundant energy that you can have, that you can hold and that you can grow. Oh, that's a perfect way to like finish thinking abundantly and making sure that what we do with our money, we do it with our entire heart and just to be able to give back to others. Thank you so much, Lucy. It was my honor to have you. Thank you so much, Wendy. Thank you for listening to the Real Deal podcast with me, Wendy Acosta. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and learned something valuable that you can apply to your own life and business. If you like this podcast, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite platform. It really helps me reach more people and share my message. You can also follow me on social media and visit my website for more resources and tips on how to become a successful real estate leader. 
Until next time, remember you are the real deal and you have what it takes to achieve your goals. Stay positive, stay focused, and stay tuned for the next episode of the Wendy Acosta Real Deal Podcast. Bye for now.